Broadsheet Radio. Another episode of Shared History. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like a good neighbor, history is there. But your voice isn't. Did you just oh, sell your vocal cords to the sea witch? Nothing. I've been hacking up a lung lately, so I'm like hoarse, and I don't know what note I thought I could start on, but I couldn't. You couldn't start there. Couldn't I, do it. Listeners, I am currently wearing Cass's voice in a shell around my neck, hanging out with my BFFs, Flotsam and Jetsam, and uh, and that's the way it's going to be now. I don't need Cass to record the podcast anymore if I can just manipulate her voice from I gave Natalie my voice, uh, and in tradesies, she gave me two working knees. Yeah. <laughs> But without losing my own, which was yeah. honestly the, I got the best end of the deal. Uh, <laughs> wow. Here we are. I'm just going to jump right in and introduce our guest because we already <laughs> cackled at Cass and you could you could hear his laughter. Uh, so let's introduce our guest. Today's guest is an actor who you might recognize from Legends of Tomorrow, The Outpost, Rain, and one of my favorite recurring bits in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. He's also a veteran, a professional game master. Yes, that's a thing. And a hell of a cosplayer. Welcome, Thor Nye. Woo! Hello. Uh, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. And yeah, I saw I broke character before the introduction. There. Oh no, Maybe. it's fine. I was struggling we're... with the rest of the aerial bits too. I was trying to be like, okay, I'll, I'll keep it in. We'll laugh enough afterwards. No, but always no, I... laugh at me any chance you get. <laughs> Any yeah. chance. Well, thank you. That was a very generous introduction. <laughs> it's all true. Are you going to try and... You looked skeptical when I said you were a hell of a cosplayer, and you were like, mm, I don't know about that. And I was like... I, well, you know, so, you know, it's, well, it's, it is imposter syndrome, probably one for once justified, right? Like, I am not the one who makes my costumes, but I have spent real hard-earned cash to have people who are very good at that make me awesome costumes. So when I do the one or two things that I do, I am an awesome cosplayer. But a true cosplayer, especially in like the my circles, is someone who has innumerable cosplays, can throw one together in like a couple of days to be the new cool hottest thing. And that's that is not me. I like to just tag along and be the one thing I'm good at and be like, yeah, cosplay. <laughs> I yeah. can do it too. I just I'm hearing that as like you're really good at delegating. The really good at delegating. Or, you know, knowing my place without having to invest way too much of my life into it. Like, I can I can sort of enjoy being in, like, the, the high end of the cosplay community with my one good cosplay that I spent a lot of money on and just, just stay in my lane, you know? You're giving money and work to artists and creators. That's noble. The, uh, sure. That yeah, was, there it is. That there, was we found it. helpful to them, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> No, it was, uh, that was not the intent, but yeah, that is true. You know, it's a self sort of reinforcing because you do need very specific things. And like at, at best you can go to Etsy and give it to some artists you don't know, but generally, you, you know, you have people that are friends that are commissioning, whatever. But, uh, but yeah, no, cosplay is fun. 
I did more of it when I had long, blonde, flowing locks right as uh, sort of Thor Dark World came out. That was my that was my peak cosplay. Is your signature <laughs> so, look? You're like, I was born was. for this moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, well, it was bittersweet because I originally, uh, I, I, uh, I auditioned for Thor when they were first looking. Uh, and then, of course, didn't get it. And then have been bitter and sad ever since. So, so, so now so that ruined when, my when life. It, so that ruined <laughs> my life. And then when, uh, you know, Thor came out and Dark World came out and, and I had just sort of gotten into sort of the cosplay and decided to take my life in the nerdier direction again because I'd stupidly gone against who I was to sort of blend in with the LA crowd, which is a big mistake. Don't do that. Just be you because those guys are way cooler. Uh, and um, and yeah, so so I so I started then cosplaying Thor to sort of <laughs> recapture some of the <laughs> sadness. This is what you could have had. Yeah, this could have been me. Yeah, but uh, so but it was kind of fun because at least I was considered for the part and I had a long blonde hair, so it was like I was. This is as close as you're kind of gonna get to some guy cosplaying Thor, being Thor. Yeah. Do you think that casting, like, do you think you like walked in the room with your natural long blonde hair and your the name Thor on your headshot, and they're like, "This is too on the nose. We'd rather have some questionable wigs and uh, hair dyeing and an situations. Australian and an right, Australian. Australian accent." Yeah, your your Norse is too uh, too spot on. No, um, it was. It Were they the correcting your admit. pronunciation? They're like, yeah, no, yeah. no, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. This is your culture, but let me tell you how to do it. <laughs> no, I didn't. At the time, I didn't have long hair. At the time, I wasn't huge. I'm still not huge. And I, I was definitely not Chris Hemsworth 6'4", right? Um, but, uh, but it does make it extra bitter that they couldn't find anyone. So they started calling in more and more people, including me. Uh, and, you know, and then, yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure they thought it was fun. I walk in and I'm like, yeah, I'm Thor. And they're like, ha. Ah. <laughs> cool you know read for us uh and i and i did but it was the fact that it wasn't like because most parts are sort of maybe already someone else's yeah. when you read for them yeah uh and then when six people cast in a row you get a shot right in this case that wasn't it it was a flat playing field of we want kind of a nobody uh we want you know someone who would look the part or whatever and i'm like okay all of those are totally me <laughs> But yeah, they, they, they found it. I think Chris did a did a great job with it and he's, you know, bigger and has now become much bigger and, and, and it was it just fun. constantly getting bigger. I'm worried about him. <laughs> he honestly. yeah, he like didn't stop. He's like did Thor and then just kept going. And like if he, if he did Thor now, it's like, but okay, well now can can you really be on screen with Hulk? Because we're not sure if we can't fit you, you both know, in the frame. Chris Hemsworth is now 12 feet tall. <laughs> He's now 12 feet tall and like six feet wide uh, and, and and literally playing Hulk Hogan, I believe, in like a yeah. biopic, which is why. He's no so way. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of why he just kept going. Uh, but yeah, so good for him. That wouldn't have been great for me at all. His life and success. No, nah, uh, didn't want nah, it. Over uh, I, I wish you would. You were uh, in to read for Loki, though. Be like, hi, I'm Thor. I'm reading for Loki. I'm reading for Loki. <laughs> Which by itself makes me a very good Loki. Yeah. Ah. It's kind of a reverse, Ooh. you know, immediately like a, a mischievous thing to do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you want to if, if you wanna flex, your, uh, flex your Norwegian cred, because I didn't introduce you as Norwegian. As a Norwegian. Yeah, we don't do that, do we? Here is the American. Um, Thor's, Thor's from Norway, y'all. And if, yeah. if that is even your real name, Thor. 
Right, right. So yeah, exactly. So I, I, I said I was going to jump in here. Uh, I am Norwegian. Thor, Thornai is my name, but but the way we say it in Norbe in, in in Norway is Turbjorn Knai. So it's actually Thorbear Knai. So Turbjorn Knai. Can Natalie each take each and I take a chance? Yes, please. That? Please okay, go say, ahead. Say it again. Turbjorn Knai. Turbjorn Knai. Turbjorn Knai. We're, we're matching the intonation. We're like reading it. Because there's a singing song to it that doesn't <laughs> quite happen in American. Yeah. So it's also lowered my voice down here. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's, it's literally Thor, Bear, the, the name Bear, Thor, Bear, and Nye. Nye is like an even older Viking y name, which we'll actually touch on today. First of all, first of all, Thor, do you like history? Are you are you a fan of history? Oh, my the God. History? Of the hiss. The, the hiss. <laughs> the history as we call it the cool kids <laughs> the cool kids call it the his uh yeah no i love history i always have you know my family obviously cares my dad's always reads a, he has like the encyclopedia on his nightstand that's what he reads uh and and, and yeah it's, it's always been super fun and I, you know the historical epic dramas and whatever is what drove me to want to tell these stories and be an actor and a storyteller and now you know as a as a, as a game master that's kind of what i do as well very well aligned sort of side gig there, but uh, but yeah, no, I love I love history. Mostly, I'm afraid, kind of the, you know, uh, pre Renaissance stuff. I just find more interesting. Basically, pre gunpowder. Gunpowder just ruined it for me. Yeah, yeah don't apo and... never apologize for only liking really old shit. That's what we're about on this podcast is constantly being like America's dumb and young let's talk about antiquity we have let's to force talk... ourselves to do american history speaking of america is uh dumb and young um just like columbus didn't discover shit uh we here at shared history like to plant our flag in discoveries that are very much not our own and claim them as our own so is there something sir that you have discovered recently that you would like to share with us a cool thing Oh, uh, and this isn't really related to my topic, is it? No, no. this can be no. anything. Okay, in the this world. can be anything. So, because I was like, when because we we've been leading up to the topic really well. I know. And, then, and now I'm going to talk about instead disc golf Ooh. and 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 credit card points. <laughs> and, <laughs> credit card points. Podcast about credit card points. And, and and home delivered, ready to go, like dinners. Those are like my three things that like quarantine and 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 the late last year has sort of the things that I feel like have improved my life significantly in some way or other. Talk to me about disc golf. Are you an avid golfer? Is there a lot of disc golf in LA? Like There's, so, Southern California is where disc golf originated in the seventies. Um, uh, oh, look, another that's not small like history it. lesson. Another small history lesson. Yeah, it's it's becoming more and more popular all over the states because it's such a casual, cool little. You're hiking, but also throwing plastic discs around to try it's to like, get to these. It's like, do you baskets. like frisbee, but you want to have a destination in mind? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You like to throw the frisbee, and then instead of running and picking it up and throwing it back. You kind of have a destination, so you can do it solo. You can do it with friends. You can do it at any skill level. Like anyone can throw a frisbee twenty feet, ten feet, and then pick it up and do it again. And then all you have to do is compete against yourself, right? Next time. I have trouble with frisbees in general. Um, I don't know something about the release. I always end up 
throwing it sideways or behind me. That's and called I've, grip lock. I have yes. hit children in yeah, public. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> it's not. It's not good. It's not safe. <laughs> and those discs for disc golf are really heavy. Oh yeah, they're heavier, or they're about the same um, same weight as the sort of the ultimate discs or the more traditional frisbees. Yeah. But they're way more condensed. So they're yeah. like almost little like chakrams, like yeah, they're like weaponry. you can't play catch with those. No, no, you no, will no, like no. break your hand, and it'll, they have <laughs> they carry way sort of more momentum. They slice through the air really well, and they're like I mean, you got you'll take out someone's teeth if you if you hit, if, if you know. So a normal frisbee won't really do that. Maybe you'll cut your lip a little, but yeah. teeth will fly or make a you... little kid cry. Yeah, you'll Whatever. make a little kid cry, but that's who doesn't do that? He shouldn't have been in the way. Shouldn't have been in the way. Kid yeah. shouldn't have right been in the way. way. I mean, like behind me, sixty yards. Yeah, should not have been well, hey, in the vicinity. Yeah. Parks are for adults. He knew what he was getting into when he entered within a hundred feet of where I was. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for being yeah. on my team. Well, that's great. I'm glad that you've discovered that everyone. Thor and I discovered disc golf. Credit card points have been just like. <laughs> monumental for me so thank yeah, you thank you for... thank you for your discovery we would have never known about these things without you they definitely didn't exist for centuries or decades before so thank you no no these are my discoveries and you're welcome <laughs> all right uh what a great segue into, into our topic that i ah yes knew was your topic because once upon a time i think a year ago on uh a very special holiday i intentionally posted a photo of Thor in his wardrobe from Legends of Tomorrow for this specific holiday. And I believe mm -hmm. that, that the namesake of that it's holiday- October 9th? It might be. Because what are you t what are you telling us about today, Thor? I am, I am talking about Leif Erikson and the actual discovery of America uh, at around the year 1000. And uh, and also, I'm going to add in some fun facts about his sister Freydis Eriksson, or Erik's daughter, uh, Eriksdottir, uh, who, uh, who, who also was part of sort of that discovery. And because of the picture you posted, which was me playing Leif Eriksson on Le Legends of Tomorrow, and the whole conflict in that episode, although completely fictional, was between... Uh, Leif Erikson and his sister Fritis about what to do with North America then they had just discovered it right but so when I did the research for this episode to, to step into their version of Leif Erikson uh, I, I found out some fun stuff about him uh, which you know generally I already knew but it's just that people don't necessarily know but his, but his sister specifically and like the stuff that happened there and perhaps why there it weren't a significant or there wasn't a significant Viking presence in North America afterwards which is like why why wouldn't there be this is this huge massive cool continent full of untapped riches and a few million other people but you know at least it was you know it was it wasn't there wasn't the locals necessarily that was the problem it was uh let's call it uh, uh not necessarily even a family f feud but there were some other fun things that went down there that we'll talk about but generally it's leif erickson's Discovery of America and Leif Erikson himself and a little bit of stuff around that and the names involved and, you know, why they're called a thing and all that. So I guess... Like, how often do you... Uh, how much do you want to punch people when they say Leif Erikson? It's, it's like my name. It's not Thor. It's Tur, right? But, like, you're not going to want to correct people eight times a day on that. So so you Fair go point. with the, the culturally uh, adjusted version. It's not wrong. It's just culturally sort of adjusted. 
<laughs> also, wouldn't you kind of get annoyed if a bunch of like Americans were like, "Hey, what's up, tour?" And like, yeah, it's a little real... jarring, right? It's yeah, like, it takes me out of my uh, my uh, my my American persona. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would just be like, oh, God, stop oh, God. trying so hard. So people. some people do try that. And I, I respect the hustle, but it yeah. is definitely a little jarring. It's like, mm, OK, yeah, just, just you can just call me Thor <laughs> or Tor. You can even say Tor. It's when they tried to do the tour, yeah. which is not even like, you know, and Bjorn, which is Tour Bjorn. My language doesn't my, my name doesn't it even has letters that doesn't exist in, you know, the American <laughs> alphabet. So it's like, yeah, we're not even going to do it. <laughs> Cass, we have to take an ad break. Fair enough. But we're a history podcast, so we have to infuse this interlude with some tasty, tasty facts. Okay. Oh, tasty facts. Like brewing beer using hops became a standard practice as a result of early drug laws in Bohemia. Ah, yes. The Reinheitsgebot Law of 1560. I remember it well. Now that hops are no longer a legally required ingredient in beer, welcome to the future, our friends at Herbiary have taken it upon themselves to release your taste buds from the cages of convention. They've experimented with over 200 different herbs and botanicals, building on the rich tradition and fermented folklore of hop-free brewing. Learn more about their delicious section of brews and where to find them at herbiary.com. Uh, but yeah, so 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 Leif Eriksson, which is Leif Eriksson, or 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 live even live the F and the V was you know Norse and Nordic was a little bit of a that went both ways. Uh, so Leif Eriksson was a Vi a Norwegian Viking uh, born probably in Iceland around 970 980. AD, of course, for those of you who were, were, were in doubt of that. Uh, and this was only a little bit after Iceland had been settled, uh, because Nor the Norwegians discovered Iceland a little bit before that, settled it with Vikings, Norwegian Vikings. Life Eriksson's father, uh, Eric the Red, or, or Eric Raude. Really, the saga is the saga of Eric the Red, and then and then that be Leif Eriksson becomes part of that. Uh, and we know these things about Leif Erikson and his father and all that stuff because of the sagas that were written down in Iceland about 200 years after the fact. Uh, and some contemporary, uh, well, contemporary to them almost, sources in Europe at the time that sort of corroborate the saga. So they weren't just, here's what we want you to remember about our ancestors. It's like, it's actually, oh, okay, yeah, that checks out. And we'll get to why that is. But yes, son of Eric the Red. Who was the son of uh, some other guy, but uh, <laughs> his grand point is his grandfather Thorvald Oswaldson. His grandfather Thorvald Oswaldson uh, was exiled from Norway for manslaughter. So there was some feudy thing uh, that he killed a man uh, and and was exiled from Norway. So he went to Iceland, which it just so happens uh, one of his ancestors was one of the people who had discovered Iceland a few generations earlier. I uh, went to Iceland, had a couple of kids. Um, uh, and then was Eric among them and was exiled again. Uh, his grandfather was exiled, went to Iceland. Then his father, Eric's father, was exiled from Iceland for manslaughter as well. Uh, and they were like, okay, could well, where do we gone, go now? Could he have yeah. gone back to Norway or no because of his family ties? I don't, so, so the family, the, the whole act or the whole like the family line was very tied to the fate of, you know, your ancestors at the time. So if you're... And we'll get into this later too. But if if your father or grandfather had done a horrible deed, 
your entire line was like looked down upon until somehow that was reversed by your own great deeds or or something but this whole family like the sins of the fathers really did carry some weight um so not only that but I like grandpa being ex being exiled to Iceland just because it be because his family is who dis like is part of who discovered Iceland it feels very like it feels very like go lay low at your uncles for a while yeah go go maybe go calm down your uncles yeah. for a while and these exiles weren't necessarily like uh, lifelong exiles but you know once you go there for you know half a decade in a, in a time when you, you're lucky to see 40 years old that's like a lot of your life has now been spent mm -hmm. in iceland right so so he went to iceland didn't get along with people there either killed someone else so his so his dad now took young eric and and went to greenland which at the time was discovered but unsettled so eric uh the red eric Le leif erickson's father went to greenland and made and created the first sort of settlement there permanent settlement there uh, and there's a whole fun story about the the disappearance of the greenland settlements that just happened uh, there's a whole mystery probably like a could almost be aliens or like you know cryptozoology or whatever but so his father settled greenland and then Leif sort of grows up there and everything and then rumors uh once he's of age and you know he's trying to become his own man and all that stuff a, a trader who was blown off course uh trying to get to greenland to trade with them because i'm sure there was furs and all kinds of other interesting things they could sell and many things they probably needed in a very newly established colony this trader was blown off course and claimed that he had seen land to the west of greenland he didn't actually go ashore which is why we don't know his name i mean we do know his name but we don't that's not he's he's not the leif erickson right because he just saw this mm -hmm. land went back on course uh and came to greenland and claimed to have seen this so leif erickson believes him buys his ship stocks it with men and supplies and it's like we're gonna go we're going we're going west we're gonna go discover you know what, what's to the west that's that's exciting i'm gonna make my own name and my lineage of discoverers right gonna undo these two manslaughters in my past. yeah or you know maybe he really hated a new guy in greenland it's like if i don't leave greenland immediately i'm gonna kill this guy and i and gotta make sure exiled. and I'll get then i'm gonna need some to place to go anyway so you yeah know, norway iceland greenland now where do i go so he <laughs> like, so you he, know what i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna exile my, i'm a preemptively exile yeah i'm gonna scout <laughs> i'm gonna scout to see what happens if i kill this guy because if i like it then i'll do it you know <laughs> uh, so so he goes west uh, and sure enough, it's not even really that far, nautically speaking, uh, especially if you've already traveled the British Isles and, you know, the Mediterranean from Norway and Iceland and all that stuff. If you've done all that, Greenland to sort of northern Newfoundland isn't incredibly far. Uh, so so they find North America. They find uh, Newfoundland, which they first set foot on Newfoundland, which is up, up in, like, I think the place they were talking about specifically is a very rocky place or on the northern tip. Uh, and they called it Helulon because the rock, like rocky steps or, you know, there's a step, step rock that was kind of a, a, a feature over there. Uh, that's called a Hel. So they called it Helulon, rocky sort of outcrop land for, for them, by them. It's not like they were very creative, clearly. He didn't call it Eric's land or something yet. He's or like, this new is... found land. Yeah, new found land. They didn't <laughs> call it that either. <laughs> yeah, they call it it's right there. So they didn't know when it went ashore. Well, nothing here. So they sailed a little bit further south. By the way, this is in like we look exactly look at the the date right here. But this is in the early 1000s. I think they even this is exciting too. And one of the reasons this is a cool topic. They just now earlier this year found like definitive proof of when this settlement 
in Newfoundland called uh, Lanso Meadows or whatever it's called, where they, you know, they've they actually found a Nor Norse settlement in North America that they knew was there and they knew it's the Norse. They just didn't they didn't quite know exactly when have they they didn't really have proof. But this year they found they got they managed to date a shield and some axe shafts and all that kind of stuff uh, with the, with the wood that was used to make those tools to to say that this was actually these tools at least were made in 1021. So that's right when sort of all this was happening. So he, 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 he sails south a little bit, uh, finds um, way large forests and sort of goes to shore there. And he calls it Marklam, which just means uh, forested land, forest land. Uh, and they travel a couple f more days south along the coast. And they find sort of a more of a, a plains-like uh, verdant uh, area where where Langso Meadows is, is, is located. And I might be butchering the pronunciation of that name. Maybe you guys know that better than me. But um, we don't know much. Natalie and I are just like, no. <laughs> the nor yeah, the Norse settlement there. So they went, they went ashore there and actually kind of made a temporary settlement at least to sort of look around and see what's going on. And it was full of salmon. It was really, uh, you know, rich. This was, this was rich land. And they, uh, and they called it Vinland. Uh, at the t we'll get into some of the theory theories as to why, but Vinland means, you know, the, the more fertile, sort of richer land. And my name, Nai or or Knai, is a is a, a truncation over time of Nyavin in Norse. So Vin, the same Nyavin in the last my last name, is the same Vin they used to describe Vinland, the word. So Nyavin or Nai means fertile plain by rivers, the knee of the river, or a, a river bend kind of. So mm -hmm. Vin is the fertile plains. And Vinland became is then the, you know the, the the land of the fertile plains, and that all tracks, uh, and that's my family's farm in Norway from even further back than then. It is called Nye because of where it's located. Mm -hmm. um, I yeah. love etymology and like the different languages and like oh it meant this and then it got turned into this and it got yeah it's, it morphs into. I love that things. stuff. Yeah, that stuff is really interesting. So I, you know, people come to me and they're like, "Oh my God, your name is Thor, like the God." I'm like, "Yeah, but your name, is, your name is Chris. That's Christ. Like you yeah, know yeah. that, right? Or like Michael, the Archangel of Death yeah. or War or whatever. Like, don't come at me with, "Oh, I'm just Jason." Yeah, you're Jason and the Argonauts. You're Jason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? Oh, oh, I'm Alex. You're Thor. Oh my God. Thor is fake. He's a god they had in a in a you know pantheon. You're named after maybe the greatest war mind of human in human history, right? Conquer the entire yes. world at, by 31, Alexander the Great, and is, and has 18 cities named after him because he just took everything and made like these are very cool things to be named after. And now they they're now they're Thor. just like all yeah. like you were born in the 80s and 90s names of just like oh you're Jason here comes another Justin is is Thor but Justin a is Justinian name? right like it's like we're still talking about emperors yeah. and shit but that's like, the thing is like stuff. now Justin yeah. is just like wow oh, yeah. you're a so commonplace man who I gotta was admit born I don't know about Kyle. <laughs> I'm not sure. Like, I'm not, I'm Kyle not sure and Brad. I'm not so sure about Kyle and Brad. I don't know the etymology there. So yeah. Kyle is an ancient name, and even in ancient times, Kyle meant fucking Kyle. Fucking Kyle. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll take a I'll take a Kyle over a Chet. I'm not sure about the etymology <laughs> oh, yeah. of Chet. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, Chet or Chad. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like, yeah, they probably do have really interesting etymologies, but like they were probably very different then, but I'm sh almost all names come from these really cool. Yeah. We should do a uh, bonus sources. episode on the like etymology of uh of fuckboy names. Ky Kyle fuckboy names. <laughs> Kyle oh, and Chad. I need this. <laughs> that's a good one. I, I that's a great uh that's a great uh episode. Yep. Uh, so I'm writing it down. Write it down, write it down. So yeah, so yeah, so they settled uh a little bit over they basically wintered there in in what's probably Langso Meadows, which is probably the settlement uh that they found, which is called Leifsbuder. Which is like the the little the the, the little hovels of Leif, uh, was the place that place was called Leifsbuder, which is how they're uh, talked about in the sagas, uh, and people went back and forth to Greenland, including them. They left the next uh, spring, of course, because they wintered over there. Left the next spring, came back to Iceland uh, or Greenland, only to discover there had been a huge plague. His father, Eric the Red, was dead uh, from this plague or epidemic, which was very unfortunate because the father was supposed to come with him on this voyage. But on when the father was riding to meet them at the docks the day of their like launch, he fell off his horse, and like okay, that's a horrible omen. I'm not gonna come with you. Yeah. Uh, or maybe he was already a little old and frail, and he was like, okay, if I can't even ride to the ships, I'm gonna maybe not burden my son on his expedition, uh, and then died the next winter. So so he comes back, and and now now there is. Again, there's a bit, a bit of trade back and forth, and his sister, who wasn't part of the original expedition, Freya, Freydis, Freydis, uh, Eric's daughter, which is, you know, Eric's daughter is the daughter of Eric, and Eric's son is obviously the son of Eric, uh, and our Eric the, Eric the Red, who had then died that winter. So, so she becomes very interested in going over and uh, exploit this new rich land. Like, she wants to, she, she, she basically hires these two guys to gather their men and resources and go and travel over there in a couple of ships with an expedition that she's part of and they're all going to split it 50 50. and and the greece uh asks leif is can we use your uh your life's builder can we use your settlement that you've made and he's like yeah, of course you can your camp your campsite yeah can we use your campsite can we go you know your winter home winter home you know because they're going to need shelters and i'm sure i'm sure it's a lot of work and a lot of stuff so, so they're going to go over there and 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 spend a couple of years maybe you know just getting wealthy off of whatever that it's land a has long offered. airbnb stay right so <laughs> but so they you know they're probably gonna at least leif leif erickson says uh, or leif leif says sure do that and then she tells the other two guys cool so in your ship you know take this many men i'll take the same amount of men so you know we our, our interests are aligned they, they set off just like a, a little bit before her uh, and then she stacks her ship brings more men and basically has lied to them. She brings more men, travels over. They've already set up in Leif's Buder because uh, Leif said, you know, you can stay there in my winter uh, setup. By all means, go. everyone can go stay there. They get there. They set up. She comes in a little bit later. Uh, and it's like, nope, you guys are out. These, these are mine. I need all them for all of my people. And you guys can go fuck yourselves because he's my brother. And I'm afraid this. Eric's daughter, right? And Eric, Eric basically founded the settlement on Greenland. So, like, these are the nobles of the time. Like, we're talking about mm -hmm. these Vikings, but th these are like the high-born Vikings. She literally pulled. Uh, Do you know who my, my father is? Exactly. So, <laughs> and and they're like, well, we don't have the manpower now because you fucking lied to us about how many men we should bring. And now you know, so the power balance is skewed. So they're like, all right. Also, there's what, fifty of us here. Maybe we shouldn't kill each other. 
Also, you know, we, we know, yes, we do survive. know who your father is, and we know that he murdered yeah. someone. So. Yeah, he's there. <laughs> the, he murdered someone. His dad murdered someone. Eric is, you know, I'm not going to test you. Powerful men. Yeah. <laughs> it runs cool. in my family. <laughs> you know, that's kind of shitty, kind of a shitty thing you're doing, but cool. So they, so they leave and they set up their own sort of settlements, not very far away, uh, et cetera. Uh, and, uh, and there's a little bit of bad blood now between these two settlements in North America. The only two. There was, there's talk of some more that popped up over time or whatever, but none of them obviously stayed. And my personal theory as to why maybe that, that was, is that what happened next. Because, and there's two versions here. There's two different sagas. Is the, the Greenlandica saga which is the saga of the Greenlanders. And then there is the saga of Eric the Red. And both of them uh, talk about this in different terms. I forget which one's which, but in the first saga, the one of the big problems was the the, the natives. And they called them Skraling. And Skraling is kind of a derogatory term. It means kind of like wretches or like, uh, like the, the yeah, kind of like weak and malnourished. <laughs> like if you're, if you're Skrull, it means you're fragile. So the Skrellinga is like these fragile people that live here uh, were sort of the locals, the Skrellinga. So they had a couple of sort of interactions with them, and it was generally trade. Uh, I'm not just talking about uh, the sister, but Air, Leif, Leif, when he was there too, there was some interaction. There was generally trade. Everyone was generally fine. Eric's brother, however, uh, Thorvald, and you see Thor, Thorbjorn is my name. Thorvald was the, the, the brother's name. Uh, Thorgun was Eric's wife's name and he has a he had a son named Thorgil so these Thor prefix names are very common back then and hence justifying my own but uh so they had a couple of like uh the, the Vikings apparently in one of these sagas had a had a confrontation captured and killed eight of the natives uh and were then attacked at their ships their beach ships because they would you know the Viking ships would just beach them up because they had really shallow uh drafts so they could just pull them up on the beaches and that was kind of why they were so great at going up rivers and wreaking havoc all over europe mm -hmm. uh but so they pull them out the ships up on the beach and after they had killed eight of the natives in some encounter and the natives attacked them at their ships uh and they, you know they held them off and they were fine but uh eric's brother in one of these sagas takes an arrow to his gut from a native and supposedly says, well, it's a, it's a fine, rich land we have found because my guts are full of fat. And then he pulls the arrow out and dies. <laughs> oh, man, that arrow really called his bluff. <laughs> Call his bluff, yeah, yeah. He thought maybe it was okay, but apparently not. He was gut shot and probably slowly and horrifically painfully died. Ugh. But so there, so there was some, you know, there was some some problems as well. But generally, it was peaceful, and they traded throughout the winter and all that stuff. So now Freydis is is here with her her settlement in Leif's uh, Leif's booted in Leif's settlement, and these other guys that she brought with her for for supplies and men and support. And there's bad blood now. So in the saga, in the one saga, she goes and talks to them, uh, and it's like, hey, uh, you know, is everything cool? And they're like, uh, yeah, no, we're okay. We were, you know, we, we we're making do. They said had to set up their whole new thing or whatever. And there's like, we, you know, we we're okay. Uh, we're a little concerned with this bad blood between us. We wish that wasn't the case. And of course, we're now talking to like the princess of Greenland, right? So they're like hoping to be back in her good graces. Uh, and they're like, so so they they say that, and she's like, okay, yeah, no, that's that's cool. We're good. Everything's good. You know, peace and love. Goes back to her own camp or life's boot or her settlement. Tells. Her husband who's with her there that they beat her and that they are you know now bad men and they must be dealt with so husband and herself 
arm their bring their whole war party now from of all you know all their men bring him to their this other settlement and kills everyone they basically just massacre the whole settlement because these men apparently had you know offended her even though she's lying at least in the saga she's lying about what happened um so she's pretty bloodthirsty and not only that the the men of the of that of her settlement on her side because there were five or five plus sort of women and children left in the you know other settlement where her business partners had previously lived the men have all now all been killed but her men and her husband refused to kill the women and children so Fredis says you're all a bunch of weaklings grabs an axe and kills them herself so now so now she has killed she has just eradicated half of the people that are there right in this horrifying evil deed uh, that would then haunt her and her line for all time uh, and Eric uh, Leif Erikson himself when he hears about this of course this is this is not she's she tells everyone that was with her you tell anyone else I will kill you of course word gets out she's found out uh, they're like what happened to the rest of your half of your expedition and someone tells the truth and of course she is judged to have been to guilty in this but Leif Erikson who was now kind of the chieftain of Greenland uh, because his father had died, right? So now he's back in Greenland. He's the chieftain. Uh, he's like, I cannot, I cannot deal out this punishment that I know my sister deserves, but her line will suffer. Uh, so he doesn't execute her, but that's where her and her line disappears from the sagas and they were not prosperous or, you know, whatever was important at the time. So they became not known since then. That's one of the sagas. Damn. Yeah, shit. Yeah, so that's pretty <laughs> hardcore already. Uh, so that was the saga of the Greenlanders, is the one that says that that's what's up. In the saga of Eric the Red, which now we're talking about Eric the Red and his progeny, right? His his daughter and, and his son and everything. A lot of things are the same. But this time, it's the uh, uh, it's probably more of her version of the story, right? Where, where it's like, they they all set up in, in, in America with their new colony. There's constant problems with the or some problems with the natives at some point uh they get attacked at night with these weird slings that they've never seen before that like whistle in the air and it's like it's obviously rocks and stuff and the men apparently of her party are freaking out about this and they do, they're scared and the natives are probably you know hidden in the woods so they kind of try they flee and in, in this version of the story then Fredis says you're all a bunch of cowards i'm a better fighter than all of you just give me a sword uh, she takes the sword of one of the men who has in fact fallen to this hail of bullets or stones or rock, not bullets, rocks, I mean sling bullets as in mm -hmm. little pebbles you throw, throw with your slings or whatever it is that you have and storms out to meet these skrelings herself and is now very much the super brave hero that just shamed all the men uh, and, and, and she in this whole, in, the, in this fight she rips off her top and strikes herself with her sword uh, which like cuts her of course and then the natives are seeing one of the, the women of the people they're attacking storming out with a sword rips off her shirt and like cuts herself in like this battle rage and they're like cool we're not gonna fuck with that you you can stay there you know that's fine but no, thank if you, you. If the women are this crazy we can't we do not want to stick around to find out what happens when you know <laughs> everyone catches a breath or you know gathers their nerve so, so in that story, she is a hero, uh, but the you know the uh, the colonies didn't survive, as we know. We have the mm -hmm. art artifacts historically, and the you know the settlement is is there. You can go visit, 
but of course, Norway is North America is not no longer part of Norway. So we at some point let those go. So that's Damn. that's kind of that's kind of that story. Uh, and Leif Erikson himself was unfortunately a Christian. Uh, not no offense to any any Christians of the show, but he was he the year one thousand was right around the time that. Um, that Christianity had come to Norway and they were trying to convert all the pagans from all the, you know, the Norse religions to Christianity. Uh, and, and Leif Erikson himself had traveled to Norway, even though his father was exiled, right? Had traveled to, his grandfather was exiled, had traveled to Norway and been converted by the king himself, King Olaf Tryggvason, which was the, the king of Norway at the time, and a Christian. So then Erikson, Leif, went to Iceland and Greenland and Christian Greenland and uh, then when he went to North America, because he was Christian, he is regarded as one of the first like missionaries, if, if not the first missionary yeah. to, uh, to North America to sort of spread the Christian faith and all that. So that's another tidbit. That's funny because um, I, I feel like there are people, I feel like I've heard somebody say like, it sucks that the Viking colonies didn't survive because then America would be, and North America would be built on like, paganism and that'd be so much cooler than like the fucking puritans and it's like nope. eh, but nope. by the time we got there as norwegian vikings we were christian so yeah. that was that was not it, although it's it is said in the sagas that at leif erikson tried to you know uh convert his own father uh, eric the red and eric was just like nah. you wouldn't have it but his mom was in on it so her mom her mom converted but like the old chieftain of greenland was like no Hold your ground, yeah. But uh, but it was Eric Leif Erikson who found America, and by the time he found America, he was a Christian. So there were there were there clearly were some heathens among them, maybe still, but like that was it would not have been a heathen country. Hi, it's Lisa Charlotte here from Sweet Bitter Podcast, and I want to share some really exciting news with you. Lungaway Zeko and I have been selected as finalists in iHeartRadio's Next Great Podcast competition. And we need your help to win. Our podcast pilot, The Murderesses of Cook County Jail, is live on their feed now. It's about the real-life stories of the women of the musical Chicago. We need you to listen and vote. We'll explore life in the 1920s, Murderesses Row, and the lasting legacy, not only in pop culture, but on the U.S. judicial system as well. If you're dying, get it, to know more, choose The Murderesses of Cook County Jail for iHeartRadio's Next Great Podcast. You can find us by searching Next Great Podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, so, oh, by the way, so I forgot some gruesome details of how uh, his sister was found out. Oh, Ooh, good. Tell me more. Give us some more right, gruesome right. details. So, so, so the next spring or whatever, next year, she comes back to Greenland and says, oh, no, no, no those guys just decided to stay. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, word came, reached Leif that maybe that wasn't the case. So he took three of her men and tortured them for apparently three days until they confessed. And then all the, you know, the rest of the stuff that I talked about happened. But it was uh, it was a hard time to be alive. And, you know, I can't I can't help but think that uh, maybe if word didn't get out to the rest of, you know, Viking the rest of the Viking realms and, and, and settlements that, you know, you went to America with 50-50% chance that you're going to get genocided by the other Vikings. Uh, yeah. And also there are natives you have to fight and also all these things. Then um, maybe there would have been more of them, more yeah. settlements. Yeah. Do we, do we know why she, like, pulled this ultimate double cross basically on this 
uh, no, comrades? I think, uh, you know, there, well, there's something to be said for if it's like, hey, we're going to go to this new con continent and split all the profits 50-50, and then she decides maybe it's more classic. profitable not to split them in half, huh? We, yeah, classic double Classic heist like, movie. <laughs> heist movie version of, you know, that's a good movie script. I got to write this script. Uh, Viking you know, heist, got to go. The Viking heist, where she pulls this heist and, and, and goes back and says, no, they're fine. The real treasure was the friends we made along the way. Yeah. So on the, on the friends along the way note, uh, Leif Erikson himself had, uh, his father was obviously busy settling Greenland and being the chieftain or whatever. And uh, as we know, Vikings had thralls, which is really the, or treller, which is the Norwegian word for slaves. So they had slaves that they had captured in war or in expeditions or bought. But there are some, you know, I guess the wrong term is is like sunshine stories to the slavery. But you know, his uh, one of the people that is mentioned in these sagas is is likely to have been a freed thrall or someone who worked off their like thrall debt in service to Eric the Red and Leif Erikson, or Eric the Red most likely because this other person, uh, this thrall apparently helped raise Leif Erikson to such an extent that Leif Erikson, one, brought him with him to North America and, like, respected his advice and stuff in the sagas, but also uh, refers to him as his foster father. And that's this thrall named Tirkir, which is interesting because Tirkir just means Turkish in Norwegian. So they just captured a guy who was Turkish uh, or whatever and just called him, hey, hey, Turkish. You're gonna. You're Turkey, our slave now. You're coming with us. Hey, Turkey. Yeah. Yeah. Tur yeah. So Turkey means a, a, being Turkish or a, a Turkish person. So this. So he is now in the sagas and you know immortalized and all this stuff and and apparently was well loved by by uh, Eric or Leif Leif Erikson and and everyone as well. In fact, one of the stories that I I told you Vinland was called Vinland because it was fertile and green. Obviously, Americans and most people have heard the other story where they found grapes. And wine grapes were somehow growing in northern North America, wild, uh, and therefore they called it Wineland, which is a little more, eh, maybe. But the version of that story, one of the versions of that story in the sagas, is that Tirkir, uh, his foster father slash freedman, who came with him to North America, drunk one day came back because they'd been drinking and eating whatever, and he had and 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 they had and he was lo got lost for so long or at least long enough to where Leif Erikson was worried about him and had like basically gotten some guys together to go out go out in the wild and and find this guy because where is he was he taken is he injured what's happening they go out they find him he's drunk from whatever he's done previously from the partying but he's like and I didn't go very far but. I, f I have news for you because I found uh, wine berries, vinbar, and and lots and lots of wild growing vinbar. And so wine berries isn't grapes necessarily in Norse, because mm. they would make wine out of any berry, right? Because the mm. berry has high in sugar content, it ferments. You can make wine out of it. So mead is you know honey wine, and there's all these other berries you can just make wine of including some, some of the sort of not as delicious ones that grow in the northern sort of temp Arctic temperate forests. But that is a far more likely version of Wineland, uh, where, you know, they've found uh, tons and tons of berries uh, that, that they can then make wine out of. Uh, not necessarily grapes like yeah. wine, but these other berries. 
that they make wine of. So that's so that's an interesting one. So northeastern uh, so northeastern North America not exactly uh, uh, known for its grapes. It's it's wine grapes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have a tasty little treat for all of you guys. And also speaking of friends along the way, I have the etymology of Chad, Chet, <laughs> and Kyle. Are we Boom. ready? Are we ready? So ready. We'll do a fuckboy show, but this is just going to be a little a little amuse-bouche. Just a uh, little, little amuse-berry. Amuse-my-bouche, yeah. Cass. <laughs> All right, so Chad is a short form of Charles Chadrick, Chadwick, right. whatever. Um, it may come from the word, the Welsh word cad, which means battle. Mm. Oh, I, so, I was thinking cad, like, uh, oh, he's a cad, in which case it, the British its cad. etymology is literally fuckboy. You're a fuckboy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, 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 battle. Okay, okay yeah. but, <laughs> but who's the dude in the bar that's going to be like, come on, bro, let's fucking fight. I could take you in a fight. That's yeah, a chad. So chad is more that guy. Got it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Chet means fortress or camp. It okay. is an uncommon name. Unless you go to a, a, a college bar. Well, yeah. yeah, and it says yeah. it didn't really become popular until 1990, so checks yes. out. Chets, yeah. Chets out. out. Maybe maybe what that's saying is that Chets are, like, um, they're very guarded. Inside, they're actually very emotional, emotionally mature. Full of supplies and weaponry inside and men yeah. dying mm -hmm. and starving. starving yeah, but those weapons are really the their feelings. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. And then Kyle... Fucking is... Kyle. <laughs> I want to know Kyle. I have a couple of friends named Kyle, and I, I this is going to be this going to be great. So this was this. just this was just the briefest first Google. It's from a region of Ayrshire, from Scottish Gaelic "caul," meaning narrow, straight. Narrow, straight, straight, narrow. Just a little trickle. That's like funny. Cause I'm pretty, but both of the Kyles I know are straight edge. Yeah. So that, 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 that say, tracks. That's funny for me because the first three Kyles I think of are all gay. Boom. <laughs> it's it's straight spelled S T S T R A I T, but that's all I could think. Doesn't of. matter. Okay, fair enough. Doesn't yeah. matter. All right, that's cool. Oh, I think we need to delve deeper into this, listeners. If you have any more '90s bro names that you want the etymology of, the let etymology us know. Etymology of Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> Let's break down. <laughs> JTT. I love. It's kind of sharp turn back to, back to Lape, <laughs> like back to Lape story. I love the idea of that second saga of her just going because first of all, that's a completely sound battle technique that like ancient oh, Celts yeah. used of just yeah. being like we're gonna be just scary we're gonna enough. Shock you, paint our bodies yeah. blue, yeah. run mm -hmm. on naked. Like yeah, a lot of people yeah. do that. And and so but. For some reason, I was picturing it because it was just one woman doing this. It felt very um, Liz Lemon being called in for jury duty. Also, like Viking women, there were shield maidens and they were warriors as well. Like that wasn't uncommon. So, yeah, I can no, see it... this, this bitch just being like, let's go. Yeah, you're all a bunch a of cowards. Chad. Give me that sword. Yeah. <laughs> is, there, is there something that you learned about life that like, in particular you attached to or that resonated with you for legends or was uh, it a yeah, larger so, picture? So he's described, um, this is also on, you know, this is also on the Wikipedia, so it's not like that hard to find, but like one of the things is that, uh, him, of him personally, oh, and we didn't talk about this, so I'll drop this in as a part of this, but uh, he was considered, uh, described as wise, considerate, 
and a, a strong man of striking appearance. So, so then of course I go, oh, perfectly cast. Perfect. Yeah, you're like, I got, I got that <laughs> last bit. Yeah, on yeah, lock. I got it. Boom. He's smart. He's nice. He's hot. What more do you yeah, want? Exactly. He's a, <laughs> so all around great guy. You know. Anyway, no. So that was okay. Cool. So he. The, the point is that in this dynamic between Freydis, the crazy, like I'm gonna fuck you up, and if you don't, I'm gonna cut myself, and then I'm gonna fuck you up, like. And, and and me, the person, and this even in the show, the script is definitely, you know, the story is kind of, I'm trying to temper her. She wants to conquer all of North America. And I'm like, we should maybe not do that. And if we start doing that, it's going to be generations of just warfare. How about we just try to get along or get the fuck out of here? So 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 that, that was part of like, okay, here's some stuff about him where I'll be the, you know, the, the reasonable chieftain guy who's a little bit more has reflected on some more stuff and what you know a little bit of a wider perspective of like i've done some of this shit before let's not do that again and trying to temper her so that i, I did use that but it was also really good to know the stuff about freitas because i didn't know that until i did research for the part that she was this person who's either incredibly brave uh and heroic and also you know shade on all the men or incredibly crazy and shaded all the men for not being evil and cruel enough and then killed yeah. the women and children herself. So, you know, so it's, it's either way, she's this very like, okay, character that I, yeah. that I, I, the brother have grown up with and I know what she's sort of capable of. Uh, so it colors so, yeah. the stakes a little bit more. Yeah. I feel episode. like a lot of, some of the cats around our house where we grew up didn't survive, you know, yeah. like, shit like that. So I'm like, okay, I know that's her now. Uh, so that, that also would color. So, oh, Freydis, Freydis, you, Freydis, Eric's doctor, you, you, yeah, you crazy person. Uh, but no, so, so obviously she's, she's made her mark on history for yeah. better or worse or worse. Um, but yeah, no. So the other part was uh, he was described as uh, one of his one of his nicknames was Leif the Lucky because he not only when he first found America and then came back uh, did he find a couple of shipwrecked Vikings just randomly just came across them on his search for North America. When he returned, Leif came across another couple of shipwrecked people randomly at sea and saved them as well. So he became then known as Leif the Lucky as well. Lucky for the people around him, it yeah, was at this yeah, point he's a he good is, guy to have around. Yeah, yeah. So he's wise considerate, saved four dudes who were shipwrecked, you know, and colonized smoking hot. <laughs> and smoking a striking hot. It's super babe, yeah, exactly. No, well he well he did have you know, he had a son with a with a noble woman named Thorgen, Turgun, uh, and the, the, the son was Thorgil. And Thorgil uh, took over as chieftain of Greenland when uh, Leif Erikson passed sometime around uh, 1019 was the last time he was sort of mentioned alive. And then by 1025, his son has taken over as, as, as chieftain. So in, in that period, he died peacefully in his sleep, one would think, in his you know settlement in Greenland. I mean, with his luck, yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. And, and then now we know that the likely, because of the new foundings this year, we know at the likely time of, of, uh, of at least the tools that were made in these settlements in North America, in Newfoundland, uh, those were from most likely from 1021. So those settlements were still sort of there at the end of his life. So obviously, obviously... Sorry. Legends of Tomorrow, Leif Erikson. Perfect casting. Thor Perfect guy. casting. Perfect yeah. casting. However, if you were to cast the role of Leif and his sister, who would you cast? And you can't cast yourself. That's a great That's why question. I said it's tricky. So, yeah, yeah. It's very, then it becomes much, much harder immediately. Be like, I will play both roles. Thank you. <laughs> 
Let me play the lion too. Well, I'll say this: this, it was uh, they. Well, with me at least, they cast a literal Norwegian to be this Norwegian character, and I'm like, ah, you did it. Uh, Yeah. Well, they did it. Congrats to that's well done. You know, rather than some other white guy, they're also going to cast a white guy who's in fact from Norway. Rather than an Australian playing, Mm -hmm. rather than an Australian who's never even been to Asgard, right? And I vacation there all the time. I, we go there all the time. Jultenheimen <laughs> is right next to where I live. So, you know, I've been there many times. Jultenheimen is actually a real mountain range in Norway. So that's, that's funny. But uh, Asgard isn't. <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers for those of you. But Arendelle is, if you've watched Frozen, that's a mm-hmm. real place in Norway. Natalie, there comes a time in every episode where I need to talk to you about Iowa. Wait, is this a new segment? No, it's an ad for our sponsor, Raygun, who I love for being a wonderful business and for providing me with a regular excuse to bring up Iowa. As if you needed one. (laughs) Right. Raygun is the greatest store in the universe, hands down. They're headquartered in the greatest state in the universe. Okay, okay. They also have other locations, including one in the best city in the universe, Chicago. True. I guess you could say Raygun brings us together. Raygun kind of brings everyone together. True again. From home goods and paper products to their signature apparel, Raygun is all about good vibes, great laughs, and kind of just not being a shitty person. Yup. And they regularly collaborate with charities and special causes on special runs of products, and 15 to 30% of their net profits go to a variety of nonprofit organizations every year. And they sponsor this really dope history podcast I love. Right? So don't be a shitty person. Check them out at their stores across the Midwest or online at raygunsite.com. Use promo code SHARIALATER to save on your next order. But okay, so who would I cast as Laz Leif and, uh, and Freydis? So uh, he has to be, by the time he discovers North America, it's like 10 teens 10 15 or uh something like that so he's got to be like 30 40 at the time maybe and then now considering my 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 norse brethren in the profession you you, you can go one of the scars guards you could go uh kinnaman uh it would be fun to do heave you right christopher heave you but maybe heave you because of his red uh, christopher heave you is the guy who plays tormund giants in game of thrones for those who mm-hmm. don't know flaming red hair and red beard and, and a big guy and he's great he's a great actor but he would be maybe perfect for eric the red right because eric the red was likely named for his fiery not just for killing someone in iceland but you know for his fiery beard and everything so if he plays the father eric the red like a joel kinnaman could probably pull off uh Leif erickson he'd have to beard it up maybe or maybe not even there's a at least in the sort of renaissance paintings where it was either just the sort of celtic stash and not the Viking beard. Uh, so who knows what they actually did? They, you know, there's all these records of them. They would comb their hair and bathe once a week. So the men in in England at the time were like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> no, they were well. The men in England at the time were like really threatened because the Vikings were like were were like well, was, six was four, clean, beautiful six, and four, clean, <laughs> clean, well combed and maintained, and you know just real and like f- huge fighters. So it's like it was. The they English were, clearly were like smelly, pallid. You know, yeah, skinny, like gross, <laughs> flea-like. You know, they had fleas because you know you you comb your hair to not have fleas and stuff, and that's kind of a, obviously a big part of like maritime culture to try to avoid having a mouth break on the ship. 
That's, so Norse, oh, I never thought of that. Yeah. So the Norse would, with bathe once a week, comb their hair, long, nice hair, right? Because they can do that when you don't have a bunch of fleas. And uh, and yeah, so they were a real threat to, to the to the local women because they were so striking in their appearance and so clean, Ooh. smelled well even, right? So so that's a that's a that's a different take on Vikings that we don't really see so much in the media. We're like they're the dandies who are really yeah. well dressed and and, and well kept. And everyone else who they're who they're raiding are these like barbarians compared to them in some senses. When it, when it comes, yeah, when it comes to hygiene, for sure. So that you know, just, that just so, reminds me of that that video about um, oh, what was it? It was like when gay marriage was about to be legalized or was like struggling to get legalized. Right, right, right. And there was this video that was like, fine, don't give like gay men, don't give us gay marriage. We're gonna go for your women because we're gonna come take your women we're gonna yeah, come yeah. take your women because we have all the same interests we're gonna treat them better we listen to them we, and, yeah um... we take care of ourselves <laughs> we enjoy <laughs> finer things and yeah all that stuff <laughs> that, that was a great video and that is what it, that reminds me of that too uh <laughs> so so if so joel kinnaman let's say is the brother and there's a couple of cool sort of like in terms of dark, darker, like vibes, uh, sort of uh, Swedish actresses that could totally play like the what I imagine in the show or whatever is a little more like not very Christian yet, you know, a little kind of a little pagan and witchy and, and shield maideny still. So like Nomi Rapace or yeah, or, uh, I forget. I might be butchering her name to be honest because that's not a very common name for me to in, even in being. That's not doesn't strike me as immediately like Swedish. I didn't even know she was Swedish for a second. But knowing she is Swedish, she could totally crush the part of like kind of sinister but powerful mm -hmm. and cool self sort of very uh, self-sustained sister. It was like, I'm going to take my, oh, oh, you're coming back from Newfoundland now, brother. I'm going to take my own ship with my own men and I'm going to go back and we're going to make sure that's worthwhile. What did you come back with? Like this many pelts? I'm going to double it. <laughs> come on, guys. And then like double the pelts have the amount of men who make it back and all the profits for me yeah. so those those maybe would be my, my good some good choices that are, are correct ethnically speaking as well what okay i'm just doing sibling math right now I'm right, just like right. who's the middle child who's giving us youngest good child point. energy yeah, yeah who's like is this rivalry the eldest versus the youngest or is it that like forgotten middle child syndrome that's that's brain is just giving me younger child syndrome see it, I, was getting, <laughs> I was getting middle child syndrome but that's because middle. i'm the youngest and i refuse to take that <laughs> fair enough fair enough i'm not saying that i haven't run into the woods and slapped a, a sword across my chest to intimidate a bunch to of intimidate wildlife <laughs> or people or a, you yeah. know a bear a mountain lion <laughs> that's pretty fun i actually don't I, I don't know which ones were in the right order in what order but i think there were there were three or four siblings yeah uh at least one lost his life there one is the hero of the story and one is now the we don't know about this girl sister uh yeah. one yeah one one played chicken with an arrow and lost uh, yeah, and then tried to be all cool about it. No, I'm cool. I'm cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this, is a rich, this is a rich land. <laughs> Do we think that that is more middle or youngest child energy? <laughs> to be like, to just I'm an only child, so I don't know. I, can, I cannot weigh in on this debate. <laughs> to have just like biffed it and then been like, I'm good. That feels, <laughs> I feel kind of middle childy. Just yeah. a scratch. Like, Dad's not paying attention to me anyway, so it's fine. Uh, oh, no.
Oh, Chad. Oh, Chad. Oh, man. Thor, thank you so much for not only sharing a story that is near and dear to your heart, but is also Loki, the story that I like bullied you into joining us to do years ago. Loki? Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I'm happy to do things that are associated with cool things that I've done. Like, that's that's kind of the fun part of doing these things, right? You get to yeah. be associated in some way with, I mean, yeah, you know me from before a little bit, but you also, you know, the fact that I got to be Leif Erikson is cool. Now I can yeah. talk about it uh, and should really know about it. So, I, you know, the, the fact that I have to do research every couple of years to, like, re-remember Prove to people that you're that Norwegian. <laughs> Or, or that I played Leif Erikson and I'm not just some fucking, some Hollywood guy who's yeah. just like, uh, yeah, cool. What's he? Oh, cool. He's like, hot. Got it. Got it. I'm, I'm gonna now be I'll do again. my bad accent. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I go in and do my real Norwegian accent, I do these like Viking auditions because I have read yeah. for them a couple of times. It's yeah. just, it's not the same. It's, you have, it's a definitely a, a version of, they've tried to teach them Norse. Mm. Yeah. kind of an accent and also what the fuck is a norse accent in english anyway yeah i gotta i gotta admit we don't really have that on lock so i can't can't be too sad because no yeah. one speaks norse we speak norwegian there these are norwegian accents right yeah if anything the icelandic probably have the closest one uh, because iceland still speaks basically old norse but uh but yeah so if you're gonna take an accent and make a viking listen to the icelandic people but they didn't do that it took norwegian or like whatever and then like here australians do a british then do a norwegian Pierce Brosnan in Eurovision was my God cringy. It was was literally this. I love that movie, but that wasn't even that bad of an accent. That's like kind of what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Thor's like, it sounded bad to you because it wasn't the Hollywood. (laughs) Right. It's like he actually did it correct. And it's uh, this weird up and down singy songy. That's a very frustrating. That's that's really it. So, so, so he did a good job. Not that I can be, I'm not an authority on Icelandic accents because I don't speak right. Icelandic. But the important thing is we can all take a note out of Pierce Brosnan's book. And I feel like, right. About and I gotta it. say, hats off to Will Ferrell and that whole production crew. They did a great job, not only with Iceland, that was hilarious, but like the whole Eurovision yeah. cultural feel and everything. Like, if you know what Eurovision is, that movie's brilliant. Yeah. If you don't know what it is, it's just like, what? is this thing that's you know what i really liked about it is that movie was goofy and ridiculous but they did like they truly it was you could tell it was reverent towards eurovision and they honored it and it was like not they weren't punching down they were like and that that, and that yeah the the russian dude is real that guy is every fucking royal in europe who's like the third third child who's never going to inherit the throne so he's a playboy (laughs) professionally with a royal title and way too much like thousand year old wealth right they're just like cruising around doing crazy shit and like oh how these statues i appreciated a lot of what they did with that movie because when you hear will ferrell's gonna do a like iceland comedy you're yeah. like oh he's just gonna Oof. like fuck this up yeah that yeah. movie had a lot of heart I really it did. It. it did, and it and it and they did the whole like elf thing super well. Cause, like, <laughs> it's one of those fun things about Iceland is like the half the population, at least when surveyed, say they believe in elves. Yeah. Uh, so, and that's a huge thing over there. So yeah. it's like, say, so, yeah, that's in the. Oh no, the elves have gone too far. <laughs> it's, it's, it's great line. 
Oh, that's a that's a real thing that we did in Norway going yeah. for Christianity and everything. We you would leave for Christmas and like all the major holidays, you'd leave uh, you know, a bowl of whatever you're eating and like a, a dram of something you were drinking out on the mm -hmm. porch overnight for the for your for your local like troll or or gnome yeah. or whatever it was. We call them Nissa or elf or vetta. Uh, which are the basically just these four spirits, right? that if you don't feed them, they're gonna fuck with your livestock <laughs> and like and do whatever so yeah it's a real thing yeah uh speaking of trolls and elves and gnomes i would as somebody who enjoys dnd and is often uh, yelled at by Cass for never inviting her to play with me and then having to explain <sighs> that like a session a like a campaign could take months depending on your sure. schedule your i just got with. off a three-year one but like you could you could still do yeah. a one a once a one but shot I'm never, going, guest. I'm never gonna get in on a three-month one if i don't start natalie Boom. Okay. okay thank you thor thank you i yeah i'm gonna start support casting this you gotta invite I, her to at least guest or that's watch that's fair that's fair. I'm not the organizer. It's like the one thing in my life that I get to just be along I was about for the to ride. Say, that with. does not track. <laughs> I just show up and I and I review my character sheet because sometimes it's been months since we've played and I go, "What am I up to?" Right. I'm a deep I'm a deep gnome ranger and I'm here Aww. to fuck some shit up. I yeah. only play So, I was going to ask you Thor about All the the pro DMing and stuff. Yeah. Just because I feel like it's, I'd be remiss if I didn't, because I know it's a huge part of your life. And uh, well, it has, suddenly has become a huge part of my life over over sort of COVID. I've always played D and D, but it become like it's become what I do now. I I play D and D professionally and I act, so that's a very much more fun <laughs> side side gig oh, to sure. feed to feed the main habit, right? But uh, no, it's 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 been it's been it's been great. And for those of you who like are listening and are like interested or whatever, I, I'm I'm a DM that you can find on what's called StartPlaying.Games. It's a website. But uh, but yeah, it, it came out of playing D and D a lot with my friends uh, for many years now here, and somehow gotten I got lucky and sort of not so much luck as as having spent 15 years in Hollywood, right? Uh, I know some people who are who are fairly famous who love to play D and D, so now I am I'm the game master for those games, like the three year one I just talked about. That's Joe Manganiello. Uh, and his crew that like it was in Vanity Fair and all that stuff because he plays is known now to be one of those nerds that play a lot of D&D. Which nobody looks at him and goes like, you would play D&D. Right, right. And that's the, kind of the whole joke, right? Because he then claps back. Um, but no, he's he's great. And he's a great player. He's an absolute trip to have in, in my in my party. Uh, and so is his trainer. Like, Ron, his trainer, is an even bigger nerd than, like, most of my other players. So it's, it's been it's been a great time. So that, that three-year campaign just ended. And, and yeah, so I was like, because I play with all these people maybe because professional D&D was starting to be a thing where like DMs would sort of come out of the woodwork and start doing it professionally. And I was like, well, I'm kind of well positioned here as someone who does it a lot and someone who has cool people that I play with that maybe other people want to play with me because I play with them. And that's that's happens to be the case. And thus now I'm able to do this. And in addition to that, we, me and Kyle Newman from like, the, he directed Fanboys. He's got another movie coming out right now. Uh, he He's the guy who published the, the cookbook for D&D. Hero's Feast and did the whole like it's called his book called Art and Arcana, a beautiful coffee table book that's all the like history of Dean the art history of D D. Which is beautiful. He he published all that stuff after we started playing, so I take credit. Thanks, Kyle. Also your name means straight and narrow. Um <laughs> <laughs> Fun facts. 
No, but he's great, and we all, me, me and him, and another friend of ours have now a company called Heavy Dragon, where we're we're building this game that we that's D and D inspired. We have a D and D license. We're working with WizKids, uh, who is our publisher, who have published a lot of D and D stuff because they they have the D and D license. So that's a game that's going to come out next year, uh, which will be a lot of fun. But it hasn't been announced yet. So I like for the last year and a half, it's been like every podcast, everything I've done. It's like, oh yeah, and I also have this game that I cannot tell you what is. Uh, Can I tell you about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, so that that's very exciting. Of course, to have a game come out with like this official D official D and D product with my name on it as the lead designer of this game. So, can thanks you for asking. Can you both tell me because I again am not a D and Der because Natalie has kept me from that world. So wait, I just so you've don't never want you played? to get too deep. I've cast. never played. But can you guys tell me because I don't really understand it, but I know that it's a thing. Your characters like names what lev i don't all the things do you know what i mean sure so so the way it works is someone runs the game and does not have a character that person is everyone else in the world is the world mm. is the monsters is the villains is the, the people oh, okay. you meet and talk to that's the game master so that's me so in most of my campaigns i don't have a character i, oh, okay. I am i am everyone else i am the storyteller yeah. But it, but you know, Joe would have a character in my campaigns, and like you know, he he is famous for his um, half half. Uh, it's a dragonborn, which is kind of like a half breed red dragon person, paladin of vengeance, which is this like holy warrior of just vengeance, who's sort of evil, and he played this character in many different campaigns. Uh, and guested at like in on Critical Role, the finale of season one. You know, he stole like the hand of Vecna, which is this whole thing. Um, so that character now exists in the D&D universe, and they've made minis of him, is in the games, like, so he took this character, made it a thing, and now it's just part of the lore. Uh, so that's how far you could go with it, right? But yeah. what about your, what, what's, who's yours, your, is it a Svernablin? Uh, yeah, yeah. Svernablin uh, Ranger, so that's a deep gnome ranger. What yes. kind of ranger, and what's, what's your deal? Also, kind of <laughs> tell me what that means, too. Okay, so... <laughs> Uh, a deep no means that I'm from the Underdark. So, like, basically think of me as, like, a subterranean gnome. Uh, so I'm very pale. pale. I'm very, very pale. <laughs> we both just immediately, um, pale. Yeah. Uh, in, our current, in our current campaign, uh, our party is myself. But we have a tiefling. We have a deep gnome. We have a goliath. And we have a drow. Uh, and, then we, and then we have, like, a... Uh, Are you playing into the abyss? No, uh, uh, Princess of the Apocalypse. Okay. Um, we started playing this campaign and we were like, oh, yeah, we're going to go into a tavern and you chat. So, cast like there are no there are rules to like combat. But other yeah. than that, like it, you're doing like, what it's an open world of just do go do whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'll go make uh, a sandwich. OK, it's like, OK, <laughs> yeah. sure. Well, it, it tastes pretty good, although you're not quite sure about the potatoes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should talk to that potato dealer because uh, you know, I, I had to make to see if roll. the potatoes were <laughs> roll for potato were poisoning, poisoning, you know, yeah. yeah. And so exactly. uh, we tried doing that with this campaign where we were like, okay, we like go into this tavern and we're just going to like ask around, see what's happening in this town or whatever. And the DM's like, okay, well, a fucking Goliath, a drow, a deep gnome <laughs> and, and a tiefling walked into a bar. Yeah. Everyone's staring at you. You're not fitting in. And we're like, cool, yeah. cool, 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 cool. Like, just yeah, like a yeah. bunch of emo kids walked into a bunch of weird looking fantasy character emo kids. Yeah. At a normal town fair. It just yeah. walked, a bunch of monsters just walked in. Yeah. And we're like, That's oops. Great. oops. Um, 
So, yeah. So that's my my character's name is Tilly Crystal Fist, Cass, since you asked. Uh, her <laughs> Tilly t- Crystal Fist. It's like Filmera or something, but I go by Tilly. Um, and I'm I'm very cute. I think I'm I think we're level. We haven't played in a minute. I think we're, I think I'm level seven, seven or eight. All right, yeah. So uh, you're, you're approaching maybe the midway point of this. Yeah. Uh, Beastmaster. I'm a Beastmaster. <laughs> that oh, was a really the long... absolute worst character there is. Great. But uh, I just wanted. To, am I a beastmaster? I just wanted to have an animal friend. Is really what. Came which to... which is uh, commendable. D and D just did a, at least in the original book. Now I think they've changed it now and made it much more playable. But in the original, like when Player's Handbook for Fifth Edition first came out, Beastmaster was almost like it was very hard to play it. Uh, easy to play for fun and have a, have a good time and have your animal companion. Yeah. But like you were just significantly weaker than everyone else on your team. <laughs> Uh, so I'm a beastmaster. Is what I have, we're saying. I have a no, I have a pet don't. cemetery on like my notes of no. any of my companion animals who have, who who have, oh. who have bit it. But I chose to play in a ranger because I wanted to. I never had had to deal with spells before, and this is like a good entry level. So yeah, it's a nice little slots. small little bit of spells, but not a yeah. ton. Yeah. Yeah. Friends on our Instagram, I can't promise it, but I would love to have an in memoriam for Natalie's pet cemetery. Look for it on our socials. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at shared pod. If you have any questions, corrections, suggestions. Oh, there's so many corrections. Let me just full disclaimer, full disclaimer. I am not an expert on Leif Erikson. Before you tell everyone else exactly what I told you, maybe just look it up because it is actually really cool stuff. And these sagas are cool. So yeah. Don't, well, don't you take... can. Well, you can also email us love letter letters for Thor, since we've established very striking, striking, striking. <laughs> <laughs> and you can email those to sharedhistorypodcast at gmail or you can just DM Thor uh, on his social at medias. At Thornai, T A J O R K N A I, at Thornai on all the things: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Thor, where did you say that D&D enthusiasts might be able to hire you? What's that website? Startplaying.games. That's so cool that that is a thing, though, just because it's it's one thing to find a group of friends who want to play D&D. It's another thing to find somebody who wants to and is capable of DMing. Yes, it is the barrier of entry to it. And and also, unfortunately, the, the, the one of the more crucial parts, right, is one, you need someone who's comfortable being the storyteller. Uh, and knows the rules. But yeah, I would definitely recommend if you are a group of friends or if you're alone or whatever, just go on that side and you want to see how it's done by like the pros. There's a, there's a bunch of pretty good professional DMs on that site. And you know, it goes, it arranges in prices from basically for free because they need the practice to whatever you're willing to pay for like a quality experience with like the soundboard and the backgrounds and the full on voice actor that you know from that video game. Like Mark, Mark Mir is one of those like huge voice actors. He's a great actor and DM and voice actor from like, he's Commander Shepard in Mass Effect, right? So he's like this big name. And he goes to the Indian castle. He's one of the professional DMs there. And it's like this amazing vacation that you can now book where you just you you you're staying in a castle in England for 4 days just playing D&D with some of the top DMs in the world in a castle in England with a bunch of other people who are also very excited and a bunch of other DMs who are of course and they have actors and stuff to come in and be the NPCs sometimes like it's this whole production which I'll be doing for the first time next year 
That's amazing. There are all these experiences now. My other friend Satine Phoenix is a big famous DM as well, and she's got these like, like Satine's Quest. You can go on a cruise in the Caribbean, or like go on a giant estate, and stuff. like it's all these really fun D and D products. So you do not no long you no longer need a person to be your DM. There's a whole market of just hiring really professional people. You no longer need to sacrifice a friend to be yeah. <laughs> to be your DM. Thor, thank you so much. Uh, thank you. We are as always. We are Shared History, and until next time, share, share you later. later. Okay, so here, here it is in Norwegian. Del Dysandra. I'll take it. It <laughs> makes just as much sense. Broadsheet Radio.